Thank you for joining us for another lesson from God's Word. The West Huntsville Church of Christ at Providence is located at 1519 Old Monrovia Road, Northwest, Huntsville, Alabama, 35806. Anytime you're in the Huntsville area, we hope you'll stop in and be part of our worship. Sunday morning worship is at 9 o'clock, with Bible class immediately following. Sunday evening worship is at 5. Midweek Bible study is held Wednesdays at 7. Scripture reading before tonight's lesson will be from Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 through 6. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the Beloved. I was not able to be here this morning. I was speaking in Winchester, Tennessee. I didn't think about this till this morning, but as I was traveling to Winchester, I thought, I wonder what Ben's speaking about this morning. I hope we didn't choose the same topic. So hopefully I didn't, I didn't think to reach out to him before then, but this morning it just hit me. I hope that we didn't do that. I couldn't have asked for a better opening song to begin the worship. The first words that I have down on my outline are Jesus, 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 sweetest name I know. Last year I was able to teach a Bible class here in which I talked about the name of Jesus. We talked about all the variations that you find in Scripture when it talks about the name of Jesus. And when you talk about the grace of God, you cannot talk about His grace without talking about Jesus Christ, our Savior. In Philippians chapter 2 and verse 10, it says that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Of things in earth and of of things in heaven and things in the earth and things under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God, the Father. When you talk about God's grace, you look at Ephesians, the book of Ephesians, chapter 2 especially, as we will go over in a minute. But I asked for the Bible re- or the Scripture reading to be Ephesians 1, 3 through 6. And continuing in verse 7, he says, In Him we have redemption through His blood the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of His grace, according according to the riches of His grace which He lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of His will according to His purpose which He set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in Him, things in heaven and things on earth, In Him we have attained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of Him who works all things according to the counsel of His will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to to the praise of His glory. In Him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in Him, were sealed with a promise with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire 
possession of it to the praise of His glory. When you talk about God's grace, and you read Ephesians chapter 1, 12 times in Ephesians 1, we are told of the blessings that are, in our, that are ours because we are in Christ. We are His chosen, redeemed. We are gathered heirs, predestined, sealed, and so forth. So when you think about Ephesians 2 picking up where he left off in Ephesians 1, we're going to look at how in the first 10 verses, he talks about how that we are raised to reign by God's grace and raised to reconcile, or or God's grace has reconciled us to His worship. And as we do that, when we talk about being raised to reign, we'll break it down into three points. What we were, what God did, and what we are now in both segments. So when you think about Ephesians chapter 2, and you look at what we were, he says there, and you, he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sin, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. And he says in verse 3, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the minds, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. What we were is we were dead in our sins. We were dead in our trespasses. We were children of wrath. We were not obedient to God's Word. We were separated from Him without hope, without joy. But Paul is laying out to them what they once were. He's going to tell them what they no longer are and why they no longer are. He says what God did. In verse 4 it says, but God. You think of Romans chapter 5 where it talks about Christ dying for the ungodly. That for a good man one would scarcely die, but for an unrighteous. But Christ did that in dying upon the cross. We read from Philippians chapter 2 and verse 10 talking about confessing Christ. If you back up, it talks about how He humbled Himself to the death of the cross. Why did He humble Himself to the death of the cross? To be that sacrifice for my sin. He says, you were sinners. You were separated from God. But God did something. But God, who is rich in mercy because of His great love, with which He loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. He said in verse 6, and raised us up together and made us to sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come, He might show the exceeding riches of His grace in His kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any should boast. When you think about man being lost in sin, 
when you think about the Bible, you go back to Genesis all the way to, Re- to Revelation, the overall theme of the Bible is man is lost to sin, Christ is the victor over sin, man has redemption through Christ. Paul is talking to fellow Christians here in Ephesus. And he writes to them, he's talking about in the first chapter, how that by the blood of Christ we have been saved from sin and we are made heirs of that promise. We have been given hope. And in chapter 2, we start out talking about what we once were. We were dead in sin, separated from God, without hope. But verse 4 says, but God. When you see that phrase right there, you have to take a, take a step back and understand what Paul is saying. He said, you were in sin, but God made a way. God, who is rich in mercy. Second Peter tells us the Lord is not slack concerning His promises. Some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. His mercy, His desire for me and you to be saved is what has saved us. He talks about us being in Christ Jesus. You look at verses like Romans chapter 6. We looked, at, we talked about Romans chapter 5 a minute ago. But in Romans chapter 6, it talks about us being buried with Him in baptism. That we should be have a newness of life. To be new creatures in Christ. To be a new creation. The old man of sin is put away and the new child of God walks forth faithfully. What did God do for us? He created an opportunity. In verse 8 it says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Then you look at verse 10 and you ask the question, where are we now? Or what are we now? What are we now? In verse 10 it says, For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. When you think about what God has done for us. That He has made for us His workmanship created in Christ Jesus under good works. That He created. Going back to chapter or chapter 1 of Ephesians, Ephesians 1 and verse 4. I've done a lesson before. I don't think I've ever done it here, but I've done it at various congregations when I've preached. And I talk about comforting Scripture, such as John chapter 14, where we have the hope of heaven. In various passages, and one of them I like to look at is Ephesians 1 and verse 4, where it says, As He has chosen us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before Him. In love. Yes, why would you think that is an encouraging passage? What makes that passage so special? It says that before God created the heavens and the earth, He had a plan for me. 
before He created an Adam and Eve, He knew that man would sin. He knew that man would stray from the path that He laid before him. And He said, let me send my Son, the Lamb of God, to be the sacrifice for sin. You think of John 1 where John was standing there and he saw Jesus and he said, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. And you think about the weight that that had and that it, it, the, the, the weight of the statement when he saw Jesus and understood that was the sacrifice for our sins. He who knew no sin was made to be sin or made to be a sin sacrifice for our sin. He was sent forth to take away the sin of the world. So where are we now? We're His workmanship. What does that mean? It means I walk obediently to the things that God has commanded of me in the Scripture to be a faithful Christian. As Revelation 2.10 says, Be thou faithful unto death. As Paul states, that he has run the race with patience before him has set a crown. We read over and over again in the Scripture about Christian living and how to live as a Christian and what we are to do. Paul said in Ephesians 2.10, he said we are His workmanship. If we are His workmanship, that means that we have work to do. You look at James chapter 2 where it talks about being saved by my faith through works. By putting myself out there and being seen as a Christian. I am His workmanship. So God and His grace took me from sin and because of the mercy that is found in God, He raised me up to be His workmanship that I should walk in His path and His ways and I should be obedient and can find salvation in Him. He also says in Ephesians 2, 11-22, God's grace has reconciled us to worship God. So what, what we are, or, or what we were, is going to be talked about in verses 11 and 12. Verses 13-17, through 17, we'll talk about what God did, as we did in the first part. And also, what we are now. What we were. Verses 11 and 12. He says, Therefore, remember that you, once Gentiles in the flesh, who were called uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, made in the flesh by hands, that at that time you were without Christ. I like how he describes what being without Christ is like. He says that you were aliens, from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenant of the promise, having no hope without God in the world. When you think about the weight of the words that he spoke there, he says that we were aliens from the commonwealth. 
What does it mean to be alien? Not be a part of something? To be alienated? To be separated? He said strangers from the covenant. I don't know about you. Strangers don't typically come into your home, do they? The fear of the unknown. When you talk about how to enter into the covenant, how to be obedient to God, and it tells us through Christ, through Jesus, that He is the way, the truth, He is the life. If we're separated, if we're strangers, if we're aliens from Christ, if we're separated and strangers from Christ, we have no hope. He said, because you're aliens and because you're strangers, He said you have no hope and are without God in this world. When you talk about hope, when you read the Scripture and you read verses that pertain to hope, the hope of the promise, the hope that is in Christ Jesus, And you read a passage that tells you that without Christ, you have no hope. That you are without God. We could go through various passages that talk about how we get in Christ. Talk about being buried with Him in baptism. Putting Him on. But without Christ, I have no hope. I'm separated from God. Hope is a powerful thing. It's a powerful emotion. You can find tales of people who hold on because of hope. When they realize they have no hope, they perish. Somebody who has no hope in God has no future. Has no hope for anything outside of this world except for everlasting punishment. Paul says we were aliens. We were strangers. We were without hope. And we were without God. Then you go to the next part and it says what God did. As we saw in verse 4, it said, but God here In verse 13 it says, but now in Christ. Now in Christ Jesus, you who are once afar off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. You read Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 12 where it talks about He suffered to sanctify us with His own blood without the gate. Or Revelation 1 and verse 5 where it tells us that we were washed in His blood for the forgiveness of our sins. Verse 13 tells me that because of the grace of God, Jesus Christ and His blood upon the cross of Calvary, that I now have that hope that I was missing in verse 12. You have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For He Himself is our peace, is our peace who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation, having abolished in His flesh the enmity that is the law of commandments contained in ordinances, so as to create in Himself a new man from the two thus making peace, and that He might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, thereby putting to death enmity. 
And he came to preach peace to you who are far off and to those who are near. To those who were under the Old Testament, outside of the Old Testament, to those who had no hope, to those who were looking forward to a Savior and did not know where to turn, Jesus Christ was that Savior. We read in Philippians 2 about Him being made lower and being humbled unto death to the death of the cross, that at His name every knee should bow and every tongue should confess the name of Jesus. Because in Christ Jesus and His blood I have salvation. I have hope. There is no other to find hope No other way but through Jesus. In verse 18 through 22, the question of where are we now is asked. We came from a place in which we did not have hope. We came from a place in which we were in a state of not being saved because we didn't have Christ in our lives. But we saw that by the blood of Christ, we have been given that hope, we have been given that opportunity. We have been given the opportunity to obey the will of God, to be His workmanship, and to be obedient. And Paul says in verse... 18 through 22, he says, For through him we have, we both have access by one spirit to the Father. Verse 19, he says, Now therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. First John, he tells us, Behold, what manner of love has the Father bestowed upon us that we should be called the children or the sons of God. Going back to Romans chapter 5 where he talked about Christ dying for the ungodly. That while we were yet in sin, Christ died for us. He gave us that opportunity. It's not like we were trying to do our best and we were trying to live a life for Him when... Pilate brought Christ out before the the Jews and said, this Jesus, I find no fault in Him. In John chapter 19, they shouted, crucify Him, crucify Him. So Pilate delivered Him to to them to be crucified. And that crucifixion, Him hanging upon the cross and dying as a sacrifice for my sin, is what gave me hope. Because of His willingness to lay down His life for me while I was in sin. We're fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. How do I become a member of the household of God? By being His workmanship and doing the things that He planned out for me to do. By following His will. 
because of His abundant mercy and the opportunity that I have to find forgiveness of sins in Him. He says in verse 20, Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ Himself being the chief cornerstone, the foundation of God's salvation, Jesus Christ, in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you are also being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. When you think about Ephesians chapter 2, you think about what it tells us. That we were dead in our sins. We had separated ourselves from God because of the sins that we're in. And we were children of wrath, is what he told the Ephesians. Yes, Paul's speaking directly to the Ephesians there, but it, it reflects to us. If we are outside of God, if we're outside of Christianity, if we haven't been buried with Him in baptism, then we are dead in our sins. And what Paul told the Ephesians applies to us today. He said, but God. And talks about His mercy and the blood of Jesus Christ and how it redeemed us and cleansed us from our sins. We could go through passage after passage. Acts 22 and verse 16 talking about being buried with Him or uh, being baptized. Romans chapter 6, 3 and 4 talking about being buried with Him in baptism. Correlate that to Revelation 1 and verse 5 where it talks about His blood washes away our sin. Signifying that we meet the blood of Christ when we obey from our hearts the command to be baptized for the remission of our sins. And he says because of what God did for us, we now are His workmanship. If we put on Christ, if we arise in that newness of life, we are to live a life as the workmanship of Christ. We're to be like-minded as Christ, Philippians 2.5. As Paul said, be imitators of me as I am of Christ, 1 Corinthians 10, or 11, in verse 1. To be His workmanship means to be like-minded, to do the things that He wants us to do. I don't know what you do for a living. If you're a boss or over a group of people, you want them to be like-minded with you, to be on the same page. Think of a a football team and think of a quarterback and a wide receiver. If the quarterback's going to throw the ball and him and the wide receiver are not on the same page, it's not going to go right. It might go the other way for six points. The same thing with with a boss and an employee. If they're not on the same page, it could be catastrophic at work. It could mean failure. It could mean loss of your job. Not to be like-minded. He said, because of what He has done for us, we are now His workmanship. Then we go on and talk about being able to worship God by God's grace in Ephesians 2, 11-22, that because we were without hope, we were aliens and strangers, but Christ and His sacrifice has given us the opportunity to be citizens, a part of the church that God created a part of that family. We can be 
a member of the body of Christ. So where are we today? Where are we? We asked the question, each time we looked at it, where they were. Being lost in their sins, being separated from God without hope. Are we without hope? Are we separated from God? Are we standing on the outside looking in at the promises? The Bible's plain in what it teaches. To believe the Word of God, to repent of our sins, to be buried with Him in baptism, to confess Christ, to live a faithful life. Where are we? Are we outside of the promise? Or are we inside? There are those who may be inside the promise, but they have separated themselves from God because they've turned from the life of God and they've gone back to a world of sin. You know, James chapter 4 says that if we're friends with the world, we're enemies with God. He was writing to Christians. He was writing to those who had obeyed the gospel and had turned from that life of obedience to a life of sin. Saying that friendship with the world is enmity with God. So where are we? We may be being obedient, being faithful. If that's the case, we need to be encouraged by what we read here about what God has done for us. Because it doesn't matter if I'm lost or if I'm saved, I have the opportunity to be saved. You see, the first thing we asked was, where were they? And then we asked what, or we, we stated what God did. And the first verses we talked about His abundant mercy. And the second part we talked about His blood saving us from our sins. Where are we? We know what God did. The question is, where will you be when you leave here tonight? Will you be a part of the household of God? Will you be a, uh, what verse uh, 19 said, you're no longer a stranger, no longer a foreigner, but a fellow citizen, an heir, a part of the household of God? That's the question I ask. Where are you now? It doesn't matter where you've been. We know what God has done. Where are you now? Come as together we stand and say. We hope you have enjoyed this lesson from God's Word. If you would like to continue your study of New Testament Christianity, please send your name and address to World Bible School, West Huntsville Church of Christ, 1519 Old Monrovia Road, Northwest, Huntsville, Alabama, 35806. Or if you prefer, send your name and address by email to wbs at westhuntsville.org.